Coming up, it is the final round of the NBL season. We talk about who needs to win and why. Is momentum a big factor for the Illawarra Hawks? What does it look like for the Brisbane Bullets tomorrow night? And what about the six-man and defensive player of the year awards? There's that, there's the Cairns Taipans, and a whole lot more to come on NBL Net. Thursday the 15th. As I mentioned, how could you not be excited? It is the last round of the NBL 24 regular season. It all starts tonight between the Illawarra Hawks and the Perth Wildcats. The latter predictor has been pounded within an inch of its life. Pete Hawley, welcome to you. Oh, mate, I've been using it all week, just trying to figure out how it's going to look. The fact that you're trying to put in the margins now as well, just trying to figure out what happens. And everything hinges on the Friday night game, the Brisbane versus New Zealand, which is going to be a real juicy one to follow. But the rest of it, how it could play out. Uh, this is what NBL does. It's always chaotic towards the end. It always throws up plenty of surprises, which this season has. And uh, we're probably none the wiser to trying to figure out what's going to happen. And then we have a final series after that that we couldn't predict either. So I'm, I'm stoked. I cannot wait for it. And uh, it's a big final round. Massive final round for the Illawarra Hawks. They've got Perth tonight, and then they've got Melbourne on Sunday on the last day of the season at John Kane Arena. How big of a factor can momentum be for the Hawks, particularly after what we saw last Sunday? It wasn't the, just the fact that they beat the Kings. It was the body language. It was the smiles. It was them all marching together as one. How big of a factor do you think momentum can be for them tonight? It's an interesting one because of the FIBA break, right? So momentum in terms of the style of play, the way they're playing, I don't think that's going to matter too much because everyone's going to come in on a level playing field because of the, the FIBA break and the little pause. And so everybody's going to come in refreshed. Everyone's going to come in on that kind of same level of momentum if there is any. Momentum for them in terms of if they drop down the ladder, they deserve to be a top 14 right now with the way they've played. If they drop a couple... If they drop both of these, there is a crazy world where they miss out, right? It's yeah. not going to happen. But th- th- that is a possibility as how chaotic the NBL season is. But say they finish sixth or they finish fifth, they don't deserve to be there. They deserve to be in the top four. And for them to have no second chance potentially if they lose that first playing game just doesn't feel right with how well they played the second half of the season. So doing themselves justice getting a win, getting into the top four, setting up that first play-in tournament game with Tasmania is what's going to be crucial for their momentum. And uh, I'm excited to see how they attack it because they've been one of the stories this second half of the season. The numbers, I mean, you looked at the ladder worm, I guess, of theirs where they were anchored at the bottom and now they're up in the top four. It's an incredible story. A lot of credit to the players, the club, Justin Tatum, of course, and it's been fun to watch. Are they the best story of the season? Yeah, it's hard to go past it, right? Because we were looking at one point thinking, okay, Illawarra, I mean, they won three games last season. It's going to be another real poor one. They'd be lucky to win four games. And now we're talking about a top four team and we spoke about it on overtime. Like, can they win a title? Well, NBL's shown that anybody who gets to a semifinal series can win a title. And his team has weapons that if they got hot from outside in a certain game, the way that Gary Clark's been playing an all-NBL caliber player Tyler Harvey Justin Robinson coming off the bench if they shoot the ball really well in a couple of games then all of a sudden they're right around the mark and they've got Justin Tatum the emotion side of things they're in a really good headspace so anything can happen in an NBL season and again if we fast forward six weeks from now and, and we say Illawarra Hawks are champions people would be surprised until they broke it down and realized well the way they were playing I'm not actually too surprised I guess it all just clicked and the stars aligned what about Perth, Pete? They're locked away to second spot. Um, in many respects, tonight is a bit of a dead rubber for them. What 
what can they get out of this game this evening? There is a, a chance, right, that they have to have a semi-final series against the Hawks. So yep. not giving away too much is is one thing. But the other side of it is, one, they want to get some other offensive players going. That's going to be the interesting thing to watch. It's a juggling act, right? Because the last regular season challenge for the greatness of Bryce Cotton is Illawarra Hawks. Mm. Every other challenge he's been throwing in the regular season, he's risen above and dominated like he always does. But everyone talks about the Hawks are the Bryce stopper. So you know that in his mind, he's like, I want to play this game properly. I want to go out there. Uh, yes, he's here. I think he was talking on, on the news about they have a different, unique coverage. He wants to have another look at that and where he can really thrive and, and can dominate the game. But the flip side of that is if you're John really in Perth, okay, if a team takes Bryce Cotton out in a game for a certain number of periods or moments, what other guys step up? And we saw that in the, in the last quarter of the Cairns game last weekend. So that's the flip side of the juggling act is do we want to get Bryce going to try and say that this Bryce stopper thing from the LL Hawks is not true. We've got plenty of aces up our sleeve. Or do we want to say, okay, if Bryce is struggling for a period of a game, we've got other guys to step up. We've got Christian Doolittle. We're going to start to be more aggressive offensively. We're going to feed Keanu Pinder. Alex Sars coming in, making an impact. So it's one of the two ways it'll happen. But I'm excited for the challenge because I, uh, anytime it seems that Bryce Cotton is challenged, uh, he takes it personally and he just rises above and all of a sudden, you're looking at a, another MVP for his trophy cabinet. You mentioned Friday night and how big it is uh, for the Brisbane Bullets and the New Zealand Breakers. Breakers at home, it could be Tob Abercrombie's last game in Auckland in front of his hometown fans. So it's going to be a really emotional night. We've spoken about that a lot this week. I want to talk about the Brisbane Bullets with you here, Pete. Over the course of the season, they've had some big games and haven't necessarily handled all of them that well. have come up short in a few of them. There are a couple that they've won and even... And this has been one of Derek Rucker's points across the season with them. Even when games have been up for grabs in second halves, they haven't always handled that well. How do you feel like they're going to handle tomorrow night with their season on the line in New Zealand? It's all about the first quarter and the first five minutes. That's going to tell us a story about the Brisbane Bullets. And I go back to the game they played a couple of weeks ago in Illawarra where they just came out and looked really flat. And everybody's talking about, hey, this is potentially like season on the line type games here it's so important to win this game and they just looked not so much disinterested they looked unorganized things weren't flowing and they struggled to pick themselves off they only had 10 points in the fourth quarter so that first five minutes especially to get Nathan Sobey going feeling good to get everybody up and about realizing we're here our season now is on the line we have to win this game if they get off to a really good start it'll take a lot of that pressure off but if they get out slow they get out sluggish and the emotion of the New Zealand breakers get a big jump on them that's where I'm going to get really concerned for the Bullets because you're right, as we think about the course of the season, when they've got in those holes, they've got in those tough moments in games, they don't have a switch like other teams to flick it on and say, okay, we'll put that behind us. That was a really bad first quarter. Let's turn it on for the remaining three. And that's where my concerns could be. So who is it then? Because we know Sobe will get ample amount of field goal attempts. And if he has a night like he had last week, then it could be a very good one for the Brisbane Bullets. But who are the second... And third, Bananas, who can help him tomorrow night? I mean, it's going to be their defenders with how potent offensively uh, the New Zealand breakers are with Parker Jackson, Carr, Island, Cheatham. So it's guys like Sam McDaniel and Mitch Norton to set a tone on that end because you talk about flicking a switch, coming out the right way, looking locked in. That all comes from defensive 
intent. And we've seen that they've been a very good defensive team when they want to be. And that's going to start with your leaders like Sam McDaniel, like Mitch Norton, um, get everybody else going, Josh Bannon, all, all those unique kind of players who don't need to have 20. They don't need to have 30 points a game to impact it in a positive manner. They're the ones who can set the tone. And then you free up Nathan Sobey to be himself. And when he's being himself, getting downhill, he's awfully hard to stop. And that's when the Brisbane Bullets can roll. And that's where not only can they do damage in this game, but if they get into the playing tournament, they can do some damage. Cairns Taipans are also in action tomorrow night. They've been discussed probably more than just about any other team this week and not for the right reasons. I can't work out what's going to happen tomorrow night, Pete. They're in Cairns at the Convention Centre hosting Melbourne United. Tajir McCall played eight minutes in Perth last week. Does he play more minutes? And does it almost look like Adam Ford's gone back on what he said last week? Does Tajir McCall not play at all? Does he play eight minutes again? How do you see this all happening tomorrow night? Well, now that this season's done right I think we're going to see what a lot of teams do when the season's done and you're going to rotate through a lot of bench players a lot of trying to figure out the future of like what is that what does Cairns Taipans look like going forward they locked in Sam Wardenberg they locked in Taron Armstrong so it's like we want to build around this there's some other free agency things to, to play out and a lot of that Bull Qual, what happens with Bull Qual, lanane has been really good so there's certain pieces here that I'm sure that they want to look at and kind of figure out how do we build around our two local youngsters? And it's it's a very unique situation for Cairns because we talk about building, looking forward to the future with teams that fall out of the, the playoff race. A lot of people like we have, we have these veterans that are locked in. We have these elite locals who are locked in, older guys for next year we're going to build around. Cairns have young guys. They have a guy in his second season in Sam Wardenberg and they have a rookie in Taron Armstrong that they're going to build around. And I think it's a great decision because they're going to be superstars for the future. But that's just so unique compared to the rest of the league. And then the guys, the older guys like that, you mentioned Jim McCall and Pat Miller. I mean, a fresh start seems inevitable. And it's not the worst thing, is it? Because I think we get so caught up. We look at Bryce Cotton, we look at Tyler Harvey, where imports come in and stay with one team for a prolonged period of time. That just doesn't happen on a regular basis. No. Imports, go, they change teams. Imports come and go. Jalen Adams came, won an MVP, went away for a season, then came back. It's because whenever we see imports stay with a team for a sustained period of time, whether it be two or three seasons, we start to think of them as, oh, that, that guy's been in Kansas his whole career. It just doesn't happen so often. We just get caught up in realizing of the great Bryce Cotton and Tyler Harvey that they've been there, that it, it happens a lot. But you go through the rest of the list and uh, a lot of imports we, we see change teams, a lot of imports we see uh, come and go. And that's just the, the landscape of professional basketball. And I think a fresh start is, is probably a good thing for both sides because you look at the numbers-wise and, it's hard to imagine there's not eight other teams lined up for Tajim McCall's signature because he's been he's been very good. And then the time in Cairns, is, if that's up, then so be it because that's the professional landscape and shake his hand and say, good luck to your future. We're going this direction. You're going that one. And hopefully we all come out on top. But if he's going to play eight minutes, is it even worth him playing tomorrow night? Well, you say no, right? Like it's a, again, if, if we're going to go down that path of, okay, we're, we're looking at this for the future. We're doing all of this for the future with the youngsters, with these other guys in the contract. So let's just say that this is, this is the last weekend of the season. Let's, let's roll it out there and go fully in, into that mindset, into that future look, and we'll play it from there. Sixth man of the year. You're keeping a very close eye on the awards you have all season long. Uh, let's start there because... It felt like it was cut and dried, maybe about three or four weeks ago. Perhaps now it's not. 
I put a significant impact, uh, sorry, a significant emphasis on winning when I look at awards. And the MVP team performance matters 100%. Anyone who thinks that it doesn't, uh, that's just not the way it works. The All-NBL team is a little different. I think that is more individual basis. But in terms of the impact of winning you have, because we have so many key six-man nominees, and Ian Clark, I think, is leading the charge. But Will Magna has been enormous for Tassie. Talk about impacting the winning. He has been unreal. Alan Williams, rightly so, said Ben Ayer has been really good for the Phoenix, which is 100% spot on. But then the other one is kind of like Jordan Usher. Jordan Usher's had yeah. an up-and-down season, but again, the impact he's now had for winning and, and coming in when they need him the most, an impact is he's going to be around the mark. What The recency bias is going to come into play with if a player's fallen off with all the awards. Um, I still think Ian Clark, what he's done for the best team in the league, should be enough to get him over the line. But this is the beauty of all the other awards outside of the MVP. You're going to have multiple legitimate contenders that you look at and say, that's fair enough. It's one of four guys, and whoever gets it is more than deserving. I think this is one of those categories. What about Defensive Player of the Year? I just, I can't see Shaley not standing up there with Damian Martin because I mentioned him over time. When you think of Damian Martin now, you can't go past Shaley. That's the way that they both play. They both are hard-nosed. They're diving on the floor. They refuse to get screened. They're absolute pests. They set a tone for the best defensive team in the league. And um, it, it's You look at Sam McDaniel, he's been terrific. He would be a worthy recipient. I think he'll be in the top three. Christian Doolittle has been very good. Well, Magnes had a massive impact. But Shaley sets a tone every single game. And I've, I've, I'm trying to look at all the stats, right, of all the leading scorers. Shaley's not in that lead. He will never be in that. That's not the way he plays. Shaley can win you a game scoring zero points more than a couple of players, more than a few players who are averaging over 13 points. Mm. That's the kind of impact that man has. He could have zero points and you throw out there on another team someone who's averaging 15 in a season. Who's going to impact winning more? I guarantee you that's going to be Shaley. And that's kind of the tone. It is, JLA said it's criminal that he hasn't won one in, in his career. He shouldn't have been in the conversation last year because he didn't play enough, but that's how well-respected he is, and I think that he'll get the nod. Uh, he should get the nod, and it'll be well-deserved. We will all find out on Monday night at the Andrew Gaze MVP Awards. Halls, we'll hear you on the call tonight. Great way to start the round. Really, really interesting game first up, and, well, who knows what it all looks like at the end of the round. Thanks, mate. Thanks for being with us on NBL Now. Joel and Liam are back tomorrow.